Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie, and we're back. have another podcast on self-care. I mentioned in the last podcast I did breaking down what I've learned about self-care and self-love that my clients have taught me the most about, like, what self-care really means because I came into it with this idea that we have to just check all the boxes, and if we do it well, we get to congratulate ourselves, and if we do it bad, then that means that there's something wrong with us or me, and when my client started going through the self-care process, I, like, was very humbled by, like, the depths that they were willing to go to work on their self-care. So we're here um, with um, a couple of special guests. The first one you can hear in the background is Jonah, is my baby. He's two months old, and um, he wanted to be present, so you're going to hear some um, coos and cries and all the Jonah sounds in the background. And um, we're here with a really special person in my life, Erin, um, who is a, a good friend of mine. We did the Peace Corps together, so we've gone through some like crazy moments in the mountains of Peru, <laughs> figuring out life and God, I can't even think of what we thought of self-care then in our, in our earlier part of our 20s. And now it's like almost a decade, more than a decade later. And Erin, um, a, a couple of years ago, or how long ago was it that you took the self-care course? Yeah, it was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, she took the self-care 101 course that I offer and um, just had, had a real self-care journey, which was imperfect. And um, I, from my perspective, really wonderful and came in with some ideas and goals and thoughts and redefined those along the way. And then has been living it out over the past couple of years, which has included all the ups and downs of life. So in this series I'm doing of just bringing on um, the women that I've worked with so they can educate you as much as they've educated me. Erin is our first guest to talk to us about, you know, self-care and self-love and what that really means. Um, so thanks for being here, Erin. Oh, my pleasure. Great to have you. Can you start by uh, sharing a little bit of what made you want to sign up for a self-care process and, and what appealed to that? I remember being surprised when you were like, I think I want to take your course. I was like very... Uh, excited about it and a little surprised because you always just seem like the person who had it all together. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to take the course because um, you're right. Like some of, the, some of the stuff that we covered and some of the habits um, came naturally to me. Like I live in a very small mountain town um, of 700 people, they're year-round residents, and there's no restaurant, there's nowhere to eat. We live right next to Yosemite National Park, so the whole, all of the things surrounding like healthy lifestyle, like early to bed and um, cooking for yourself, like cooking healthy meals, like these are just things that we do because it's just that's all there is to do here, and you know, be outside and walk and things like that. Um, but then there were these gaps, I think, in um, in my self-care where, you know, it's like you can, you can read a book or you can check out a website or you can do your meditation on your own, but I, I wanted to kind of take a more focused approach at, you know, kind of a status check of, like, where was my self-care and, and I wanted to see, like, where I could take that further. Um, and I just know myself and I know if I don't have an accountability to a goal or there is, there's no end point, um, sometimes it can languish and, you know, you can lose momentum. And so I just felt like 
um, it was time to take a more focused approach and like really see what changes I could make that would make me um, happier and healthier and more vibrant. And the big impetus for that was I was in grad school for ecology and um, I took 10 years off between undergrad and grad school. So uh, I felt a real big shock to my system to go back to school and um, the stress was really crushing me, um, really, really, really crushing me and something needed to change. So I needed to find a way to deal with that stress and no judgment, like a lot of my coworkers, um, colleagues deal with that by going on meds and then some of them deal with it by self-medicating with alcohol or pot or whatever. And neither of those paths felt like the path I wanted to choose first. So I was like, let me, let me try this. And then if this doesn't help me manage my stress and feel better, then, um, you know, then I'll maybe <laughs> explore some of those alternatives. But um, that, was my, that was my motivation to, to get into it. And I love you. And I wanted to, I wanted to see, like, what could transpire. And I also was inspired by the group aspect. I thought that was really cool that we were all working on ourselves um, and supporting each other in that journey. I love you too. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's weird. I'm um, just having a little chat before the call started and talking about how, you know, kind of our, our cultural knowledge is like let's numb out, like when things get hard on any level instead of just, kind of sticking in it and feeling it and going through the process it, it just we want to like turn the volume down and I get that because I, I still do it when it's yeah. too much but at least now I, I feel like the self-care process is really informing me like okay I'm why am I kind of numbing out it's like oh what's under the surface maybe tomorrow when I've had some sleep I can actually deal with it but um, I think before like kind of really learning from you all and going through the process myself I didn't really even know what that meant so when you were in the process of self-care 101, like what, what came up for you and was it how you thought it would be? What were the, the interesting parts of the journey? Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you've said this before um, and I've heard you say it, but until I experienced it, like I didn't um, totally get it, but it was like we're doing the habits and we're talking about these practices that can, that are self-care practices that can, you know, make you feel better, to make you more, you know, a little less stress, like a little, like to rest easier, to feel, to feel good in your body, to feel good in your mind. But um, yeah, like as I was doing that, I kind of realized that the bigger issue that, through all those little practices that really was holding me back was like the frame that I had put myself in or the box that I had put myself in of like this is who I am and this is how I am. And as we were going through that, it just made me reflect on the stories that I tell myself about myself and my limitations and my, um, you know, strengths and my weaknesses. And it was like, that has felt like I'm 36 now, but at the time I was 34, but I felt like that story was pretty gelled. Like this is who I was, you know, like 
you know, almost mid-30s and like this is who I was and like that's not going to change. And um, I think it was surprising and exciting to me that I felt like I was able to start to change that story that I tell myself and, and re-envision a new, a new way of being. And it's just like the only thing I had to do was let myself off the hook for yeah, whether it's like imperfections or shortcomings and then celebrate things and like really own, like owning the celebration of like things about me that are good because we're always minimizing. We're always like, oh no, like I'm okay at that, but somebody else is better. And like, even when you ask for people to be on this podcast, I, my first thought when I read it is other people have more interesting self-care stories or other people that were in self-care 101, like the alumni, like would be a better candidate. And then I stopped myself and I was like, no, like you have a story to tell too. Like your story matters. And um, so trying to just change that stance was really powerful and I needed it. Would you call that self-love? Like how do you think self-love factors into the process for you? Absolutely. Yeah, it was like a it was like a paradigm shift and I I started to have like a paradigm shift about how I viewed myself and the and the self the love that I had for myself and the compassion that I had for myself. Um and and there was a compassion and then there was also like greater and deeper acceptance of me, of just like all the light and all the darkness and you know, what I can offer and what I can't offer. And, um, and it felt really good to get really real about um, that I don't have to, that I'm not defined by all of the things, that, like the checklist, and I'm not defined by all, my, all of my accomplishments. And also that, like, I am a work in progress, but that I don't have to, like, like slave away at, changing me to be a better me it's like I just need to work on accepting my like where I'm at right now accepting my path and accepting who I am and uh so yeah I do I do think it was a self it was a self-love journey um more so than like than the habits yeah it was interesting the habits just feel like we need something to work on together. And it's yeah. important. The habit, it's not that the habits aren't important. I like to say it's like it's, it's not about the habits, but it's not not about the habits either. It's like having some kind of structure around like how to come back to like a, a balance point to even start a self-love process. I think the habits kind of stabilize us enough to do that. But once we're there, I think in, I always just thought I was going to find this like, you know, figure out how to be the perfect me and and like the more I go on my path it's like no I just learn how to be present for all the parts of me like you said like the darkness and the light and um and how I actually really don't need to change like I need to love myself and accept myself so it's it's kind of like that whole Wizard of Oz idea that like like home we're already there you know like yeah home was always with you we always had the tools to get back there we just don't know how to access them yeah, and I think that the self I think the self-care practices and going through them you start to re, you start to be more tender with yourself. Like you find yourself being like, 
I'm precious, actually. Like, I'm a precious being, and I deserve to take the time out of my busy schedule to, like, set aside whether it's five minutes or an hour or a day, but, like, it is worth it, and it is valid to take that time to, like, enrich your life and to take care of yourself. And, like, it's like an act of freedom to even do that. And then the other thing that came up for me a lot surrounding that were, was setting boundaries, that the self-care class helped me to think about how much I was letting other people and other things encroach. And, like, my default setting is to please others and to, like, meet expectations. And so I think it also, in the process of, of self-love and, like, seeing, like, I am precious and, like, my well-being and my mental health matters and you don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm shortchanging someone else because I'm taking this time. It's like, no, it's actually helping me to be a stronger, better me to then meet you there when I'm ready to. And that might involve me saying no um, to you in one moment, but then I'm going to be fully yes the next time I engage with you, like that, um, I just like, I don't know, it was empowering. I guess that's the word for it. Yeah, I, I find that again and again, whoever, however people come together in their, their journey, that's like the word that comes up is like, it's really empowering to, um, to really realize that you are allowed to take care of yourself. I'm allowed to take care of myself. You're allowed to take care of yourself. And well, and, can you share a little bit about what has happened in these past couple of years and how the, that self-care and self-love has, has helped you to um, move through life? Yeah. I, I forgot to mention something that, um, about why I joined the course. So the main thing was that I was in grad school and I was stressed and I, something needed to change. Um, but then I also at that time – and this would be like almost three years ago because of my, whenever my intake interview was, but um, I had a dream and the dream was like so audacious that I just was, I wanted to have the dream. I had the dream, but I didn't, I didn't believe that I was capable because I had the story of like, I am small and I am weak and like other people get to do amazing, crazy adventures with their life, but like I'm not, I'm like more of a middle of the road kind of person. Like that's just too extreme. So my crazy goal or dream was to climb um, this mountain in Yosemite called El Capitan. So you've probably seen it in photos and um, it's world famous. It's 3,000 feet and it takes you several days to climb it and so you sleep on the wall. And, um, and I've been a climber for over 10 years, but just going for the day, not, not this big, huge, um, very technical, very arduous challenge. And so it's like I wanted, like I hadn't even like spoken the dream to anybody and I told you that this was my dream. Um, and so even just like, okay, let's start there. Like I'm going to tell others, like I have this dream, like dare to dream. And then um, so what's, what's happened since then? Um, I finished grad school in December 2016, and the next day, my husband and I bought a house in our little village um, that was 
built in 1909 and it needed a ton, a ton, a ton of work. We basically had to rebuild almost the entire house. And we did this with the help of um, his family and my family living in the front yard in their camper trailers, which was very stressful. I can't um, even imagine. <laughs> Just yeah. Like, whoa. We, we also had a um, – California last winter had a 200% of average uh, water year, snow year. So we had just constant dumping rain. Um, and um, it was very stressful. And so um, I was working full-time in a new job. Oh, I got a new job in January. <laughs> um, and then this whole house project. Um, so I was basically working seven days a week, every week, um, nonstop. And the little moments, like I, I had to really dial down, you know, the self-care that I would have liked to have given myself. But the little tiny moments of drinking my hot water in the morning and breathing, or the one day a week that I went to yoga for an hour, it was like, it was like air to breathe. It was like, it was like this little nugget of little pearl of, of like energy and renewal that I needed to continue because it was so, so full on. And then during all of this, I got pregnant with my husband and um, was pregnant for 11 weeks and then I miscarried, which was incredibly hard. Um, because all of these other things were still marching on, the house project, the job, um, and I had to navigate those waters. And that, that also, like, I, I think I kind of fell apart on the lot of, I think the stress was like, the stress and the hormones were like more than, you know, I could really handle. I was kind of breaking down and, um, one thing that really helped me was having, and this is also something that I think we practiced and we talked about in Self-Care 101, but having the strength to be really vulnerable about where I, where I was and, um, and realizing that I needed help. And so I wrote an email to my friends in my community, my girlfriends, and I said, I'm drowning. I need, this is what's going on. I'm, the grief is overwhelming me and like, I need, I need you. I need you to help me. And um, they came, you know, they came, they brought me muffins, they held my hand, they cried with me, they went on walks with me and they listened and they listened. And so um, it felt good to just be really open and honest about it. And I think, I think a younger me or maybe a me that wasn't willing to be so real and vulnerable would have tried to hide it because there is a lot of shame surrounding, for whatever reason, there's a lot of shame and secrecy surrounding miscarriage, even though it's super common. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like the way that that felt, so I just felt the need to reach out, which was awesome. And then um, the grieving process was very fits and starts. It was it was difficult. Um, but then as the summer went on, I thought back to, okay, like this happened. And then 
what do I do now? Like, what, how do I respond? You know, like, like that was a dream that died. And like, what other dreams could I use? I have this opportunity, right? Now I have this opportunity for like inviting a new dream. And, And I wanted that. I wanted a new dream to like inspire me. So then I, I re-brought it back, way back to my dream to climb El Cap. And I was like, okay, I'm not in grad school. I'm not pregnant. The house is done. The house is completed in June. Um, and it just naturally was the time. I was like, this is the time to realize this dream. And so I, I started training. And then I did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, uh, I, I mean, a, a few women have taken the course have had miscarriages before, and I just hear that over and over. It's like I went through this. It was so incredibly sad, and I didn't know how to reach out because it's, we don't talk about this in our culture. So for you yeah. to even share that openly, I think it's, I can just feel that it's healing for, for all of us to know that it's okay to, and, and also to, like, practice these skills before we need them I think is really important and um yeah well just that you had been in a community of women where you realized you were worthy of receiving and that you that was okay to like be vulnerable and all these things were seen as a sign of strength instead of a sign of weakness and that in that moment you knew how to reach out um I just feel like it's really powerful because I think a lot of us have things that we don't feel like we're allowed to grieve publicly and they just get stuck in our process and um, and we start to numb and then we kind of cut ourselves off from life itself. So, you know, I'm sorry that happened and I'm really happy that you were able to, like, take care of yourself in that moment imperfectly, of course, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you used a word that was that was definitely... Um, and that goes back to like seeing yourself as precious and seeing yourself as taking up that space and being like, I'm willing to give to my community. I'm willing to give to my friends. But right now I'm, I am, you know, without guilt, I am asking you to give to me and like, and that I'm not going to feel bad about that. And um, like you said, like, like receiving is a gift and, receiving gracefully and like not having to to feel like I owe them something because I didn't they they gave that gift to me they gave me that energy and that um support and and I accepted it and so like even learning how to accept help and to ask openly for help like that in and of itself is an act of self-love and self-care the hardest one I think it's like I, I know people like are like, yeah, I have the habits. My habits are great, and they're like, still that that is such an edge. Um, and I would I would say I'm in that category. I think that's what I was like. Nope, I got all the habits. Well, I don't want to have to feel things, <laughs> and I don't want to have to like look at my worthiness, and I don't have to want to like go through the vulnerability of receiving. And that has been just really, especially in this time of postpartum and pregnancy. Just I was. I just needed to receive and it was like, yeah, it was really big to just be able to do it. I can't say that it was like a guilt-free process. I think I had my moments in there, but, um, sure. Yeah. It's it's powerful. Can can you tell us what it was like to be at the top of El Capitan as you summited? (sighs) 
was it was pretty earth moving, you know. I was like, it was like, eh, it was emotional. Like I was like, I mean, so it took me three and a half days. My partner and I, three and a half days. You sleep on the wall. Um, you battle the heat and the cold and like the fear and the um, the like never endingness of it. Like it's just it really beats you down. Um, super super strenuous because you can train, but it's not like running per se where you can just like keep increasing your mileage one by one. It, it was like at some point you have to take the leap to get on LCAP and start going up. And then once you start, there's no, you can turn around. Like many people do. Um, but we were like, we're just going to keep going. And so it's also like you look up and it's so overwhelming and intimidating. Like it's so huge. And it's like dun, 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 dun. Um, and so you just really have to be like on the you really have to be in the now. You really have to be where you are on that wall and on that pitch and on that rope length and on that handhold. Okay, and then now you're on the next one. And you really, really have to maintain a lot of attention to the now and, and a lot of presence um, because it commands that of you, that you just have to really be where you are. And so, yeah, the last, the last pitch um, – it was getting towards sunset, and I was going up there, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I, I did it. Like, I, I did this. And again, it's like rewriting your whole script. Like, yeah, well, it looks like I am strong enough to do this. It looks like I am brave enough to do this. Like, and then I, I got to the top, and I was like, I had like the raving lunatic smile and laugh and gave my partner Josh a huge hug and I was like and then like the sunset was coming and all the the clouds and the reds and the oranges and the yellows and and then on top there's this like insane ancient juniper tree that's hundreds of years old it's huge and it's gnarled and it's twisted and it's so beautiful, and these two other parties that had been ahead of us had already topped out, and then we topped out, and all of us sat underneath this ancient, beautiful juniper, and we shared our stories, and we shared our little snacks, and it was, it was a moment to remember, and I'll never forget it, and, and it was cool, because if you want it bad enough, and you dream it, and you try, like... Sometimes you get to live your dreams. Oh yeah, and so well, sometimes you get to make <laughs> your dreams happen. You know, like you get to like live your desire out. And I think your your story is such a great map of that. Of like how to just speak it out loud, how to kind of do the underbelly work of like figuring out like how to how to really accept yourself because it sounds like it just like takes a lot of self trust to do that too. Um, and and then yeah. how to let it be, like, really organic. It's like it didn't happen the way you thought it was. It wasn't this, like, one, two, three process. But it, it I think it makes the story so much better. Yeah, and, and just that lesson of, like, we're so much stronger than we think we are. There's so, like, when you think you've reached the bottom of your well, like, there's more. Like, you're, you're so, so strong. And, but 
again, that's like where the doubt creeps in and it tells you, no, 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 you're not. You're weak. And, but actually, if you can say, push that away and say, no, I have more. Like there's more. It's really, it's pretty incredible. And you don't get that many opportunities in life to really like get down to that bottom of the well. And they're there. I mean, like I've had a few this year, like as I mentioned, but, um, but we're all just like really strong and we don't see it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, as well, as we, as we wrap up here, uh, I always like to ask people what is your definition of self-care? Like if you're going to just like say it in a few lines to somebody and we've heard some of it, but I'd love to just hear it summarized from you. My, yeah. Um, my definition of self-care would be taking the time and giving yourself the space to see how precious you are and to celebrate that and to pause and give yourself the time and space to to feel to feel good to take up that space and to how to say I mean just to 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 do the practices but really the practices again bring you back to I am a precious being and I am worthy of receiving and I am worthy of love and that I also can give that and that um, and that yeah we could just go out for cocktails and we could just go shopping we could numb ourselves but that actually like feeling all the feels and and stepping into the darkness, the hard things can help us find more joy and more freedom. And, and um, that was kind of a circuitous answer. But um, I think self-care is essential. It's, it's a way to live a richer life, I think. Mm. Um, and I think in a lot of the, the practices and the the way of thinking about yourself are they they can be like really small shifts but they can let you stand more fully in yourself and they can let you stand stronger and yeah i think i think everybody needs to to say i'm worth it and i'm going to i'm going to take good care of myself yeah yeah, I believe that it's been so revolutionary for me, and so cool to watch watch you deepen uh, in your in your life. So, again, thank you. It was a real honor to hear your story and share it, and uh, I look forward to hearing how these next two years go for you um, along the way, and then the next two, and the next two, and keep deepening together. Wait, can I say one more thing? Of course, yeah. Um, I forgot to like give more props to the other ladies in my crew, my self-care 101 crew, and the alumni um, Facebook page where we're continuing to give each other, like, encouragement and support and, like, people pose questions. And, um, but I thought it was really inspiring to engage with these other women whose 
stories and paths are super different than mine. Like everybody has their own thing that they're working on and their motivation to be there and their, their, their joy and their sorrow. Um, so I just really liked that aspect. And I really liked coming to the retreat and getting to meet all these people and spend time with them. And so I just really want to put a plug in for the retreat. Like you have to go to the retreat. Like make it happen. Find a babysitter. Like cancel work. You got to go to the retreat. It was, and I lived in California and I was in grad school and I flew across the country to do it. And I thought I was crazy for doing it. And it was like the most renewing weekend I had had in years. So um, if you're listening and you're taking the class, um, you got you to gotta do the retreat. Awesome. Yes, I, I agree. I, I find those weekends to be pretty revolutionary. And you do get some props for flying from so far. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, well, love you so much. Thank you for being here. And thank you everyone out there for listening. And um, yeah, take some time today to reflect on your own definition of self-care and your own journey and your ups and your downs and how, how you can make yourself more precious in that. Like take, take a little bit of the guilt off, take the pressure off and just enjoy yourself for a while. Um, all right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm.